0: Welcome to I'm Not a Peach Crayon. Hi guys, welcome back. Yes, or, and like last time we told you, it was going to be a surprise what we did this time. Also, apologies, I don't mean to say guys, hello everyone and welcome back. Yes, and it is a surprise because we had to quick maneuver and pull some things out of our booties and then circle back around we and We did then some, some Houdini-ing. I guess so. Yeah, this has been an intense week of the Vagrant Queen. Yes, it was. Uh, so we found this one. I think
1: What's you were the due? one who found it. Okay,
0: because uh, you told me about it. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those ones where I was like s- the random moments where I'm watching the television, and which doesn't happen anymore because our TV thing doesn't work. But when I was. I remember watching sci-fi and I saw a blip of it and I was like, what is this? And then I looked up the, the uh, trailer for it. Right. And it looks pretty goofy. And I like space operas and anything in space and sci-fi. And, you know, I haven't watched sci-fi in a while. So I was like, got a black lead and uh, it's in space and it's written by this cool person that I heard about, but I haven't read any of their other stuff. So don't quote me on that. Uh, And Kristen. To give you a little bit of background on it, basically the synopsis is: former child queen Alita, her old friend frenemy Isaac, and opportunity. Sorry, I was love you. I was like, let's not even just read from the thing. What's well, it about? Basically, just, you know. Okay, fine. So Alita and, like I said, her frenemy Isaac and a really great mechanic Amaya, mm-hmm. they all team up and they go on this kind of, uh journey in order to save the galaxy from Lazaro. And it's not in our galaxy. They just want you to be sure every, <laughs> every episode, episode you know that is in, in another not galaxy, in our, in, not, not ours. ours. And the one time we're in our galaxy, they let you know. They're like, hey, hey, it's finally your turn. Right. Um, but more information that I picked up on Wikipedia, the, the resource for pretty much all things right now. Vagrant Queen is an American science fiction television series that premiered on Sci-Fi on March 27th of 2020. The series was co-produced by Blue Ice Pictures and it's based on the Vault comic book series written by Madeline Viciagio I'm sorry, Viciagio Mm. and illustrated by Jason Smith. Oh lord, y'all, I can't find my notes. We're just gonna go off the cuff. But yeah, like First of all, I didn't realize it was based off a comic book series, but when I was looking for photos mm. of Vagrant Queen to post, there were a lot of graphic novel pictures so that I, you could, that yeah, you could I, find. And I was like, oh, that, the drawing, the art's pretty cool. It's done by uh, Jason something. I'm Sorry, I don't have my That's, notes, y'all. It's not popping on my phone. But it was done by someone named Jason something or another. Oh, I already, yeah, I already said Jason Smith okay great so she wrote so uh madeline's the one who wrote it or does the writing for it and he does the archery and i remember the first time seeing the uh the cover for the first volume one and i was like who drew her hair like it It looks like this weird like jiggly puff that like is sitting on top of her head like someone like squirted like moose foam on top of her head and i was a little like i mean like in space we all have funky hairstyles, so i was trying to let it go but, you know, there's that subconscious thought of, like, you know, sometimes when people of not color try to draw people of color's hair, sometimes and like... It can go horribly it wrong. It can go horribly wrong. But there's other... When I looked at more uh, um, images and things from the graphic novel, because, of course, we don't have it... Uh, I saw more of the artwork and I was like, okay, okay, but there was just the first one it just made me think of Jigglypuff. So it was just a one off then maybe. Yeah, there's some other ones that are like images, like throughout it kind of changes, but there's certain angles that they do better with than I think some front facing angles. I haven't seen I feel like this is very interesting that we're commenting on the hair, but in mm-hmm. the show her hair is always balling. Yes. Well, it's easier to like when you have actual black hair, well, you know, hair to style, as opposed to I'm to just draw. saying the her hairstyles were always like yeah. totally awesome. Uh, they were on it, and that's the thing. It's like it made me think of too when like I learned how when I was learning to draw as a kid, and so, you know we always drew like straight long hair. I mean, um, it's very right. easy to do waves and straight hair, but like tackling how to make
1: to texturize
0: the, that hair, or to bit. like make the the variations of hair without just being a giant curly ball on top of someone's head. You know, like on right. The, so I, I thought that was pretty cute attempt. It just made me think of Jigglypuff. On the front of it. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But uh, it was pretty interesting to see because I, I didn't know about it being a graphic novel beforehand either. And I kind of looked up some of her other things and What's funny is she references like a lot of her inspiration or things that we used to watch as a kid as well. So we're around the same age group as her because she watched the uh, X Men right when they were on. She watched Fully well, Fully Cooley was on when I. I remember but watching But we Hooli Hooli watched Kooli. that. Yeah. You really liked Foolie Cooly. And then she also watched Sailor Moon when it was yeah, airing Sailor on, Moon on was TV pretty show. pretty much the big one because I don't think and this we is, really saw too many women in no. anime focused things on girls. And this is when it was like streaming, not streaming, I'm talking as if in the past they streamed. In the, in the past we used to watch a thing tele- called television. Yes. It would air on television. That's the word. And I was it was for. broadcast. Yes. And it would be on TV with the dub version. So like. I remember growing up and thinking that was so cool and wanting to be a certain sailor scout. And so she talked about how that very much influences a lot of her current work. And I haven't looked at it yet, but there's one that she won an, two Eisner awards for, I think, or at least one and the glad award for it. It's Kim and Kim. And it's about these two best friends bounty hunters who travel through space and their guitars are their weapons. Okay. and it's very fully good and I was like that's so cool so now I have to that's something I have to look up I don't know much of, of uh, Madeline's work so I'm interested to kind of see especially her dealing with like queer issues and trans issues if, if that is something that comes up I'm assuming but it's also all in the setting of space which I love space adventures space bounty hunters especially female space bounty hunters that just appeals to me in so many different ways right I mean the Personal last one that I dream. can think of being like a space it's kind of like a space western-ish type thing with Vagrant Queen. And the last thing that reminded me of was Firefly. Mm. Or if some people are more familiar with the movie Serenity that came out much later. Which is based off of the Firefly series uh, by Josh Whedon. But one of the, the main characters on that, in that series, is a black woman. And she was totally awesome. I think she was one of my... F- she Actually, she was probably one of my favorite characters. Oh, that's who you were talking about earlier when we were talking about the invisible uh, middle for women or the invisible middle woman was... When we were trying to think of that list, that was the character that it she was talking about. By. Well, yeah. Maybe you should let people know about that conversation that you just <laughs> alluded to. <laughs> I'll po- what we'll do is we'll post the original video that triggered this conversation, but it was a... Uh, what had happened was I was watching or I was on Facebook randomly and they, you know, they tell you about the memories and it was a video I posted maybe two or three years ago when I was working at a a particular location and just dealing with the fact of like how to curb or uh, soften my vibe so that I wouldn't be perceived when I was opinionated or wanted to speak about things as an angry black woman or other specific stereotypes and the kind of the balancing of tightrope, walk that i had to do uh to work there and so i saw this video about like ha- representation of black women that doesn't follow the typical line of like the Jeze- the stereotypes jezebel or she's like someone's baby's mama or they're fighting or a crackhead or the jail je- you know like something like that and which is also why vagrant queen is appealing because you have also written it's not even just, it's an adaptation of the comic book where they change the color of the, the race of the character i mean they're aliens so whatever but you have these, this black woman, quote-unquote, or dark-skinned woman, I should phrase it that way, a dark-skinned woman, because we're in space, who is the daughter of royalty, this royal bloodline that used to rule the galaxy, and she's in space in this dynamic of, okay, if we imagine in space, this is everyday life at this point, this is normal, this is the invisible woman, it's not these negative stereotypes of people of color but like you have this woman just trying to be a rogue scavenger and escape the monarchy or just trying to live her life as it is now right because of the revolution she's no longer uh she's no longer queen right so she's just living her life in what is the moment she finds herself and she's just trying to get by so she's just—it's a human being story. It's a story of, of a human being. It could be any person. It just happens to be that this person is a person of color, which is nice to see. And this goes to the videos, like the representation of women, of color in these kind of roles, in these kind of spaces where we're not being like the person who has ten babies and is on crack, or like is a Jezebel, or is like or a maid, yes, or man, caretaker, and, yes, you know, any of those. Quintessential roles we've seen for, or the best sassy best friend. Yes, um, whether that the male or female version, because you know it happens. It's what I guess what they would. I don't know the terminology they use for men, but you know what I mean. Like, but it's ultimately the same yeah. thing. Generally, that particular Comic character women. is gay, if he's a, if he's a sassy black male best, best also friend. but the i mean just straight black men as the like they have the white main character and they have a black male he's friend who's there for seen the comedy He's more goofy though yeah like, that's he's what I'm more saying the comic com- relief he's not the sassy friend but that's that's what i'm saying like the sassy is still seen as a comic relief because it's like she's there to tell you about it but like also she's there to but be she also can't get a man she can't get her life together that kind generally of as well yeah so there's there's all these things, these these representations. And so in that video, a friend of mine, when I reposted it and my thoughts about how I feel now with my current job and kind of try us and this podcast kind of seeing or discovering or looking for more representation of women in this quote-unquote invisible middle, this thing of us women of color, black women being... Portrayed as human beings, having the same issues and trying to go through the same foibles, and having the same weird, awkward attempts at one-liners to look really cool when you walk through a door. You know, It, it it was fun to see in those goofy. Kind of roles. The uh, what is her name? Adrian or Ad- Adrian? Oh, I should have looked up. See, this is why you have notes, guys. That you make sure your notes are set and working on your phone, not just on your laptop. You mean for Vagrant Queen? Yes. Uh, the lead player c- characters. Uh, Alita's actress name. She, she gets to be goofy and gets to like kick. She's she and her best fr- or her fr- friend of me are kicking down doors and still trying to have one liners and one up each other. You pronounce it Adrian. Adrian. So, but Adrienne Ray. Adrienne Ray. Character. But it's just like, it was fun, even though it was dorky and quirky. Like, that's what we know Sci Fi Channel for. And, like, a lot of sci fi is, can t- tends to have that kind of a. It, it flows along sometimes a B movie vibe, like a right. fun right. B movie vibe. So, and you're for it. And so, it was fun to see a black female lead, even as an alien, play that kind of. Uh, that role do you know what I'm saying like to be able to be the quirky hero who doesn't really want it like you I'm so used to seeing in my head white males portraying that role or if, if it is a woman it's still a white female where they're like living that kind of lifestyle which is interesting that you mentioned that because one of the things that I saw earlier today was from a series on that you can find on YouTube called pop culture detective I think and they were mentioning they were talking about specifically the uh, fantastic masculinity of uh, whatever that dude's name for fantastic beats and where to find him I can't even remember Newt, Newt Scamander I think that particular character and how we're so accustomed as audiences to seeing men portrayed in certain ways mm-hmm. that they're supposed to be either like clever and funny mm-hmm. or they're supposed to be like physically strong and can like kick butt and take Which names. Isaac was so <laughs> not exactly because I was like, like, what he, is the purpose of him? He kept why screaming. He you know, the co- my common comment was why is he always screaming while he's fighting? <laughs> yes. Um, but, Sorry. but the fact is, is the, That we're so used to seeing masculinity playing out on the screen as one particular thing Mm -hmm. that when it's different from that and the basically what they were saying in this um, in this video that I I was watching was that a lot of critics and things didn't like his portrayal because they thought he was weak and bland for uh, Newt Scamander for like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was because he doesn't come across as the stereotypical mm. male arc- white archetype that mm. we normally like see I, as I a hero um, because he was more empathetic and, and all of these different things. And his his thing was to be helpful and mm. not to just come in and, like, conquer and Commandeer win. and be like, I'm going right. to take charge. And so it was completely different from what people are, or we have been accustomed to, to mm-hmm. and conditioned to seeing. And I think that also leads into Vagrant Queen is the fact that she is not the stereotype because the stereotype would be a white male mm. within that partic- within that role particular role yeah um but also with not being a white male she is quirky and she's funny but she's also tough and she's also and she's not funny and, and awkward exactly. <laughs> it's like so you get all this dynamic Mm. and it's played by a woman. And so I think for some people, if they're not used because they're not used to seeing that, Mm -hmm. that was one of the reasons why it probably was not so popular Mm. or it garnered enough viewership. Because one of the main things we, I found when I was trying to find information on Vagor Queen was the fact that it was canceled. And I was like, okay, why was it canceled? (laughs) Except for the first (laughs) season. And they were like saying it was because of ratings, but I just like when I think if if I was a TV executive now and I think about how TV has transformed and how things have become very like uh, cult, either popular culture or even popular culture if given enough time. Because the number one thing when any person ever tells you like you should check out this thing, but oh the first season might be a little slow, you got to get through that to get the character art, but it gets amazing or like the. You know what right, I mean? There are so many shows like The Office would not have ever gotten anywhere. Mm, I feel uh, like sci-fi can, just uh, failed. What is it? Parks and Rec probably would not have gotten anywhere. But when I mentioned the f- whole thing about like the idea of masculinity and how mm. it's been portrayed and then you get to Vagrant Queen I'm not sure if this was some of the thought but people watching it because it was a female lead and because she was female and a woman of color and she's encompassing all of these things that could be something that would be a white male lead stereotypically mm. that that might not have resonated with people because they're not used to seeing it. And instead of giving it time to find its audience, mm-hmm. they just were like, well, we're eh. just going to cut it. It didn't work. So and didn't you say that the only reason it almost seemed like when you told me the reason why they put it on there, at least for March it, it kind it was of supposed to be for women right month. and i was like damn were they just pandering they had no intention of ever like they're like let's just put something out there to kind of attract they certain viewership and then and the, then they're like and then we'll be done and once we have them we'll just give them you know i think okay. the thought process or at least what i found online for the company for sci-fi was mm. the fact that they were trying to highlight female-led show, cast shows mm. or or and or shows uh written by female, mm-hmm. by 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 females What and else so, did they do? Because that was the only thing I ever saw promoted or saw, or s- like, I mean, they have one Win- Winona Earp, I guess. Yeah, but that's been I on there for a while. About the other thing, I don't know how, however much we uh, they did do, but I think Vagrant Queen was part of that, and because it's not what we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, it didn't work out, because it also made me think of Firefly, Mm -hmm. where I didn't know about Firefly until after I saw the movie Serenity, and I was like, wow, this is a really good show, and then you come to find out that the actual show was canceled, and you're like, but why? Because when you watch it, you're like, this was a really good show, Mm -hmm. and it became very popular after it was canceled, and the character that I mentioned on Firefly that is one of my favorites is Zoe, and she is the only black character oh no she's one of two black characters she's a black female character mm. but she's tough and at the same time you can also see that she has this softer side that is brought out of her by her interactions with her husband but she's also take no nonsense and like all the sides of that yeah, a- she's she's very multifaceted and you you can't help but love zoe she's a great character played by the amazing gina torres oh, i thought you had more of that she no, I Praise just to Gina I can Torres. see praises of Gina Torres for forever. What else is she in? She's also she was also in the show called Suits that used to be on USA. I never watched that. Um, it was good. She was the uh, head partner in that one, uh, by the name of Jessica. I can't remember Jessica's last name. Um, mm-hmm. I know Mom was very I'm... big into watching Suits, and so I watched like I think the first or second season of Suits. That was the show that Megan Merkel was a part of. Oh. Okay. For those for those fans of Meghan Markle, yeah. that's that's the show that you could she probably remember on. her being on before she was married to Prince Harry. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, so we we kind of stumbled into this, and then we decided to watch it. And we did, and it was or- kind of rough going. Uh, the order that we started out watching it, though, okay, was a Full little little, disclosure. little off. Full we disclosure: to... it was my fault. We I'm not to... gonna lie. We went time traveling. It. Yes, we saw the end from, the, and then went to the beginning. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. It was a complete accident. <laughs> I thought we were on the first episode. I happened in this instance to have been wrong. I just I was like, and so by the end we were like, I don't understand and what happened. And we're like, should we go to the next episode? And, and then then like- there was no next episode. I was like, <laughs> and oh. then Isha said did we watch the last episode? And I'm like, I could have sworn that was the first one. I mean, I asked in the middle too. I was like, are you sure we're on the first episode? And, and you're like, was yeah, positive. I Cause that's what I remember setting it for. That so is don't not watch out of order. Cause it will talk, it will turn you off. Cause at first I was like, Ugh. that was my first impression. This is why I said it is because my first impression was like, if it's that much chaos and I have no idea what was happening. Yeah. Maybe this explains why I was like, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And I was a little disappointed until we found out what happened. Until so they we found out that her sister sometimes can be an idiot. And <laughs> we're not saying that. I'm just and, saying uh, it was just started from the wrong episode, from just, the wrong end. Just, it was good once I figured, once we figured out the right way to go about it. And I, li- I mean, it's a cheesy. It is cheesy. Space opera. It's sci-fi. Like, so I'm not, like, Expacing. I'm not expecting it to be like. Super Oscar, like dramatic and like nominating, or not even that. But like, I expected it to be goofy because like if I remember Xena and like all those other things, like things I used to grow up and watch. It was a little. It was it was not high. It, mi- it had a mix of both. Yeah, as well as seriousness. It wasn't high budget. It was you had like funky special effects, but they would do a lot of cool imagery. And for me, I won't. I there's an episode that comes towards in, and I won't spoil it for you all. But if you know me and my love for Tim Curry, which extends to many other things, but also my love of board games, then you'll find out. And you'll, because I was sitting there. If you can get the intersection between Tim Curry and board games, you'll figure out what this episode is kind of alluding to. Not even kind of. It was was slapping you in the face with it. And I would love it. It was a definite homage to this particular film. I loved every moment. And that's where it sold me. But also the Cannibal Planet. Yes. Is also what got me. So there's like, there's just fun things because it also talks about kind of like how culture bleeds over even if you're far hundreds of galaxies or thousands of light years away because you find that there were things that were common to Earth or like we right. thought we could only find on Earth that were happening In a galaxy far, far away. That's not ours. (laughs) And that some people had vacation, or not people, some aliens had vacation to the Earth galaxy where Earth is, but not a lot. So it's just funny what things made it across. And then I think it's the Sunshine Express episode. Oh, yes. The (sighs) Sunshine Express. There's one space... Uh, I wish I would tell you but I don't want to be that person who spoils anything over you but all you you'll get to it if you watch the series. If tell us your favorite parts of the series cuz I'm there, curious to see where people There are things that slide in there that kind of get you. Like when I when we first went back and watched actually episode 1, I was kind of like, "Uh, eh, I'm not they feeling gonna this." They got to give you the, the the quick I know, I, but I was like, eh, "I'm not really feeling this, but you have to just keep going, mm-hmm. and then it starts. We to also like, had commercials at the beginning, so we, we did, <laughs> and I think that really, that really did kind of kill us because we've been on this whole, you know, like, commercialist thing for the longest time with streaming services now, and the fact that you had to go back and stop with all these ads, and then they would just get longer and longer between each break, and you're Thanks just like, YouTube TV, I just can't with this right now, yeah. but. It's because press, sci-fi press made it on. impossible to find It shows on any other. It's like we won't get into this because there's another show we want to do called Superstition. And it is. Li- if you all can figure out how to find Superstition, please let us know because we tried. <sighs> we have tried to find it. We and were it deceived is like, several times by different streaming services. It is hidden somewhere. And sci-fi just won't give it up. <sighs> give it up. Right. If you want us to talk. Dear sci-fi you want us to talk about you more in a positive light please give us what we want. Give us access to great shows like Superstition so that we can watch it for free and talk about it and give you more coverage. Thank you. Good night. And the one-on-one between each and <laughs> that personal address to someone out at- there listening. Anyway so how do we talk because I feel like they also cover what's funny is that there's so many, like, little jabs and, like, social commentaries that are, like, slid in there. Like, the episode where they talk about the uh, public transportation services. Yes. And how, like, just kind of, how infuriating on a basic level of the everyday of what think people have to go through. And how dangerous. Like, of all the <laughs> things that scare you in space, it's the transport authority. Yes. That is <laughs> they were the badasses scare you. Galaxy to me. galaxy to galaxy. It's the transport authority. Which... And then they also talk about, like, so, okay, let's go through our characters, because we were getting off, uh, we kind of were running on a fantasy wild train of me talking about Tim Curry. And we start with, we talked about Alita, and kind of who she is as a character. A.K.A. Eldaya. Eldaya. um, And where she comes from. And you get kind of, like, as you go through the story, a little bit more of her background through other people and flashbacks. Which also shows you why she has the difficulty in making connections with other people, people yeah. or why she's so guarded. But the other thing is, you know, usually in every space opera, the lead character has a love interest and you kind of don't get a sense, a general sense in the beginning of who she, she's just like out there. Cause you know, when you think of, um, I don't know, I can't think of now. besides There's probably somewhere there's, they, they have a love interest that they're like looking at make googly eyes at or whatever. That's pretty much for a majority of shows. Uh, and so, you're trying to figure out, and they keep it kind of subtle at first, and then as you... you get only glances and things like that, and you come to find that she's, represent- she's a queer woman. Alright, queer... I don't know what in Aliens in Space say woman, but you know what I mean. So, she's this queer woman who... I guess they don't make it seem that she's not open about it, but it was interesting how they did the play the the play between her and her love interest. I in don't the think show. it wasn't that she wasn't open about it. I just think she, because of her background and how mm. guarded she was, She was just afraid to open herself up to the idea. Right. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if, because you don't get that background. Maybe it's in the actual graphic novel. If you do have that from the show, you really don't, we don't get that because it was only one season. Right. So it could be that, because that's the thing. That's what I mean is that you don't have an idea of like what kind of relationship she has, but then she meets this other queer woman who's very open about her sexuality and relationship and is also, if we were going with the, the, the archaic terminology that they use for men a player because she's going she's she she, not I don't even want to use the word player but how what's a good word for using for like someone who is it's very easy for them to like connect and go home with someone yeah she's like a Casanova and she turns out to be like this dope person who's got all these other interests and is very smart and practical but also likes to have a good time so you have these two sides of like she is like the honey that attracts the bees. Right. And it was just it was it was clever in a way to kind of see these two per, dual personalities of what on the spectrum of a person's sexuality and how they deal with it and are open with it whether they're like trying to come into their own and they're having trust issues and things like that and how they deal and how they interact with people as opposed to someone who's on this other scale and has had even though with hardship and trial has also learned to be open and loving and like bubbly and social and caring and you know what I mean so they're very too far extremes but it's like these two perspectives of someone's someone's sexual or who who is dealing with their own sexuality whether it be binary or not binary sorry but it'd be queer or straight or uh asexual or whatever it is you know what I mean well, from what I could understand from watching the series, this actually wasn't an issue. Yeah, in this like, other galaxy, like open. yeah, it was you know be with who you want to be with. It there was no, there was no side side eyes. There was no snarky comments. Right. There was no judgment on that. It was just okay. This is who that person is. Mm. This is who that person is interested in. You know, I have to say though, you just you just go about. Everybody goes about their business. Everyone else's, well, oh, I can't really say for all the other aliens, but most of all the other aliens who could talk, they still reference, like, the whole husband-wife dynamic. Because remember, there was that one guy who got shot, and they're like, oh, he just celebrated his, what's it called, anniversary with his wife. And then they disposed of him, in a way. Uh, and so, but, like, when you think of even in the monarchy, there was still, I didn't see very many instances of same on oh, well, in, in the be- monarchy there was not this idea or this this viewing of equality between the spouses and you can see that it when you look at the relationship between uh with lazaro's parents and the relationship with uh elita's parents as mm. well because when alita's mother and father are discussing things that are happening and alita's mother is trying to is making her thoughts known her Alita's father basically kinda shuts her down. Right. I guess what I'm saying is outside of that, that is a good point, and we can talk outside of that is just saying the only queer relationships that I saw were between Alita and person I will not name and then the other main character, um, Ame, right? Ame. Ame. And her interests as well. Those are the only, and then maybe Amay's brother. But you don't really get a nice. We incident. don't really get a chance to get right. to know him very well. So that's what I'm saying. Is like outside of those two, though, there were no other really. Like they didn't really. But go they into didn't really go into the re- too many actual relationships between. Right. They, any other characters? They. You didn't. know that Isaac had a white had his wife right on, back on Earth, um, and that plays into his story of why he's doing things because he's trying to get back right I guess my point is that even though that what that was the main focus even on the basic level some side support characters were mentioned in this male female or like husband-wife duality that if this was so commonplace and so open I guess I would have expected to see that detail in the background if you make the detail of the t- t- in these jokes that you make in the background as well, with between these background characters. I would ex- not expect, but it would be... Maybe if- that would have been something that would have come more into play as the seasons yeah. progressed. Maybe. Course, I know I'm- it was only one season. Yeah, I guess you could do- say that, but I don't think that's an adequate excuse for it. But I'm just saying, like, if the if you're going to have that detail of making them queer, it seemed like it kind of almost was like, okay, this is all we need to do. It like not really incorporate into the world. Like what that this is, that everything is like this or people are as open as you said before that everyone doesn't really blink. Like, cause yeah, they didn't really bad. Isaac didn't really bad an eye, but you don't really see them. The two of them interacting with other people, or other characters and commenting on it, except for like towards the end. And even then, you know what I mean? It just, there wasn't, I think if you were going to like try to make it inclusive and make it so that, yeah, it doesn't matter. Everyone's down with it. It doesn't, then the jokes would include it. The side commentary would include it in some way or fashion. You know what I mean? But I don't know if some people are very comfortable with doing that because I'm not sure if maybe it's because there's uh, might be a fine line between making commentary about it and people being offended by it. How is that offended by it? If you're trying to make the statement that in the galaxy it doesn't matter, then it should be that that scene in there, that it, it, it well, could have been as simply, mean, it could have been as simple as even the marquis' parents being too I, if, whatever, if they had the gender of, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, they, there was no, that you could see at all that there was any of that. There, they, they could have made the effort of just putting in another cha- two characters. The parents, all four parents were all, you know what I mean? Like, they I guess they could have made more of an effort in my opinion well, and I I'm might not, be name-picky. I'm not sure yeah what you're talking about by making more of an effort because that wasn't the story that you're focusing on with the marquee when you're talking about Lazaro there's a particular story dynamic that's going on yeah. right there that but, they're looking at but well, we why couldn't they do that with two male parents or two female parents you could still ha- if we're talking about the complexity of humans and people being treated as humans they have the, the ability to portray whether that is a man or whether that is a woman. I don't know, I wasn't writing. a writer on the staff. I know, That's but, what I'm, but I'm, you see what I'm saying is like, they, it seems like sometimes when I watch things that are written or made into TV or TV shows where they try to be like, here is this one gay lesbian character, you know, and, and that is all they have in their one relationship. It's not perfused throughout the the storyline. It's not the fact that, that other people exist in this world that are also the same. Why are they the only ones Who interact on that? You know what I mean? Like I said, I don't know if you could have gotten more into those things. If you could have seen more of that as the season has progressed. I don't, like I said, I don't know if you would have seen more of what you're you're talking about. I don't think that they could. it, It doesn't cost more for them to have done that. You know what I mean? Like. It, it doesn't mean that they had to have a second I don't need them to go into the full backstory just the simple fact of having like the fact that those two parents and not even like making it seem weird that they have two of the same sex parents but still having that conversation and the dynamic of parents and how they deal with their kids you could still have all of that information in that whole background storyline without having to go deep into that character you know what I mean that's that's my that's my point and it's more it's not well, just about vagrant queen it's the well, things that i've noticed if you about. look if you read you'll find that in the graphic novel yes, of i'm not queen. talking so know. much about the graphic novel right now this is my i know you're talking about the, the show, show but like i don't know i wasn't the writer for the show maybe what you're talking about could have been something that happened but perhaps maybe that was not the vision that the writer had for these characters maybe they would have seen that dynamic play out with other mm. characters as the series had progressed. I don't know. That, that, it just doesn't seem and like And also an that would have probably led to other questions because, you know, even if you have two uh, same gender parents, the child has to come from somewhere. Right. So, well, th- I mean, you would still have to have, you don't some have type to explain that though. Now they didn't explain a lot of other stuff in that show that they, we just have to skim and go along with there are tons of shows who do that where you you just kind of have to go along with it and the, you know they leave the questions or maybe if they do have multiple Usually seasons they end up coming back to answer those questions right but in multiple seasons you... but so that could have been the later seasons
1: well, I'm not well asking
0: you I'm not asking you to give me the answer I'm just proposing the fact that that is something that is very evident in that. I kind of think you're nitpicking just a little. I don't. Th- I'm not nitpicking. Again, it's not just nitpicking about this. This is an example of how it occurs in different things that are trying to be like, oh, we're progressive and diverse, and they put a spotlight on specific type character types, but it's not really pr- making it so that these people are a part of the whole human. I don't want to say human network because they're aliens, but you know the character network that they are a part of this world and that it is not. They're not the abnormal. They're not the one offs because it, it does feel like they're the one offs, or they're still side things because even a maze character, she, what she's like meeting people on the road, but there's but no, there's no you don't get a chance to really get to know those other people, right, or connection or things like that. And again, that can go into other stories, but it's just again, there's no stable relationships presented or relationships that are been in it together for a while as examples of this occurs. And this is a part of the framework of this com- uh, galaxy community. Okay. I see your point. That's what I mean. It's not just about vagrant queen. And I, even though we talk specifically about shows, I still am always addressing things that I see in other things as well. And like how, yes, this is a great a new representation of something great, but that we can always be doing better. Then maybe you should write it. Well, if you guys want to hire me, I'm so open. I have great ideas. I don't write myself, but I will be there to give you ideas and storylines. But anyway, speaking of a she's also a dope character. Who's like a mechanic and her, uh, and it basically the only logical, one. I would say, say she's logical. O- she's but not the only logical one, sh- but she is practical. a planner, and she's practical. She is practical, except for that one time when she didn't kill the alien the right time. But you know, she she's not a hardened killer for the most part. But yes, she she is very practical, and she does kind of help to be a guiding force for the other two characters, mm. Isaac and uh, Alita. Right. Because sometimes they they shoot first and then think about things right. where is um, like, no, why don't we think about this first and then proceed from there. Right. They're, they're like, oh, well, it worked the last time and then the other time before, basically. And just because it worked a few times. They're very much to go with the flow. But I do love the little reference... Uh, the little uh, names they give their attack plans that when they explain it, it still doesn't quite make so much sense. It's like very vague, but they seem to be like, no, expect everyone to be on top and know exactly what they're supposed to do or their individual roles in the, in those little plans. Well, I do like the way that they do hearken back to things that we'd be familiar with on earth mm. for, for especially when it comes to movie references mm. and things like that, which is something that Isaac, helps to bring to it because you can see that there's this sharing of information between mm-hmm. him and Alita particularly because of how uh, oh, they've traveled together right and how far back they actually go mm-hmm. if if you're going to talk about who she's probably known the, p- the longest yeah, it would be Isaac because of I. we still don't know exactly how well no they did they showed, they they did, did, showed you they how explain. their paths crossed but they yeah. didn't like there would be times when you're watching an episode and I, I remember saying, I feel like we missed an episode, but we hadn't, but there was something that happened that would have been between episodes that we got, we went from point a and then we skipped to C and then we're like, but there was a point B somewhere and we didn't get a chance. There was a, I do remember you asking that question and, and saying that. And I was like, did we, and then we checked and then we found where we missed. Okay. But either way, that, there was still okay. that confusion sometimes where you were like, "Did we miss something?" Because there, there were points where they like reference they don't reference back to it until like a later episode, or they don't give you the explanation. Like they'll reference some sort of vague history or plan or memory, and then you might get it later in that episode or a few episodes later. Uh, the characters, though, I think, though, even though they were pretty... A lot of them were stock characters, you do get some background in, like, each each round of individuals that they come across on their journey have these, like... I don't want to say one-sided personalities, but it's kind of like they are stock characters in a specific way, and they don't really change but like, a static, like, a doorman or whatever. But then there's, like this funny side to them or there's other side to them that they kind of go into a little bit and then they're instantly taken out of the, the show after that like you only get a short moment with every few characters which maybe because they only had one season but the rotation of just people, you're like, oh, they're gonna die, and this is the person. I, can't, yeah, kept... I mean, we were taking we were taking bets on who was gonna go out and when, and we were like, I know this person's not gonna make it. I know this <laughs> this character is not gonna make it, and it's just like, when is it gonna happen? Mm-hmm. And then when we were like, we were, you're whittling down characters because you're we like, there's only three people. Yeah, so. they keep they always found a way to research or bring in new people. And I think what's funny too about the way they did the show is that. Even these background characters, you got to see, like, little blips of what happens in these background characters' lives. Which, like, so, for example, in a big Star Wars movie, you might see, like, them pan over uh, a bunch of stormtroopers. But you have no idea what, like, mini-conversations or day-to-day life is going on. And then, but in this and, like, in Spaceballs, and there's something else I'm thinking of that can't. But, like, that kind of, that, that, uh where they poke fun of, like, what's going on in the background with these, like, minor characters that don't really, aren't really important. Which you would get a chance to see in uh, Vagrant Queen. Like, usually, if you ever wondered, like, what would Stormtroopers be talking about? Mm. You get a chance to see what the the background soldiers who are always there to do the dirty work you get a chance to see what they're talking about in their conversations so they become real people instead of these like things in the background that just mm, you just know, help move the help like, move the story from they're place still to place. helping to move the story along but you get like a little chuckle but or that they're like but these are actual people yeah that have lives and their own stories and things like that so I it's we gotta figure out I think this will be great about season two is we'll figure out how to kind of be able to talk more in depth sometimes about some of these shows without giving away too much so that people still want to watch. I'm always worried. I'm like, I'm going to say something and slip up and give away something really important about the show. Or maybe we'll just be like spoilers. You better watch it first and then listen to us. Yeah. Well, that's a conversation for another time, another time. But for sure. I think even though we had to power watch vagrant queen, in like the span of a week after work, like every day after work for me. And it we it was actually less than a week, y'all. Yeah, less than a week, four, four or we five through. days because we watched like three, two to three episodes a day. Yep. And the first four days or five days were commercial days, but I think that I I went, There were there were gems that I was like, okay, I we laughed, we giggled. There were it didn't I think as much as I'm getting into these like smaller topics and like, or not smaller topics, but these more difficult topics about like race and, and, and uh, sexuality and things like that on the upper or on the, I want to say higher level. Yeah. On the higher level though, it was just a fun thing to watch that was like goofy and it was, and cheesy and over the top and watching them try to do one lines and the, the effects that they would do, which is very, I haven't watched sci-fi in a while, but I was like, Did I, I don't remember sci-fi allowing, allowing so much blood, but, uh, yes. It, it, the cinematography was pretty, was mm. pretty cool. I do love the fight scenes that they, and I think they were trying to do very much a uh, graphic novel-esque of yes. like the freeze frame and like right. you get to see every angle, which I thought was a, a, a nice take. It was different from what you've normally seen. Mm. And, but it was still like cheesy and funny and like, I think every character had like some sort of weird, funky, awkward side or something that was like, and interesting even, about them. I think even when you disagreed with the character's mm. position, you could still understand where they were coming from because you had some type of background. Talk about Lazaro. Um, you could talk about Lazaro. You could talk about Alita. You mm. could talk about Isaac. You could see where they were each mm. coming from because of their background, and also a May. Mm. You c- get a chance to understand and how they just dis- how they interpret with their own experiences, how, and how that showed itself in the choices that they made. And all this in 10 episodes. So I'm just very confused. I mean that, no, I'm not that. I mean, I was very confused that sci-fi canceled it early after one season, but I'm not surprised. I don't know how better way to say it. It was just like, when I heard it, I was like, of course, but it's like, it has so much potential. And I, I, again, we haven't read the graphic novels. We have to follow up with that and watch it. Uh, but I would definitely, if they had a second season, I'd probably want And it was on something that I could find. Yes. It would have to be on something you could find. But... It's not. If you watch Vagrant Queen and you deem that it should have a second season... There's a there's petition. There's a change.org petition mm-hmm. that is circulating for that. Also, DM us or Facebook message us about like, what your favorite parts were. Because... I don't know if you want to spoil it on the main, or you can write it on the post of the page. Because I'm just, just like curious. Just put the word spoilers, though. We should, yeah, we should definitely post like who's your favorite character or something later on. Yeah, you could t- you could totally do that. There's pretty much three to choose from. But another character it's that just, I there did were more I than did that. like was the queen, and I'll just leave that at. Leave it I at like that. the queen. She, I like that she developed into this thing that wasn't just all pristine and beautiful and like and damsel in distressy yes cuz she was pretty she was a huge driving force for Alita and also the the main person who handled her education mm, hath hath was the other one but oh i thought you meant like and the other person sorry i was, uh, i missed no. interpreting um Interpre- hath was kath <laughs> was part of that but when you can get a chance to see like Alita was able to survive because of her mother. And then to see how the dynamic plays out between the two between of them. The two yeah. and, them. Oh, and they left the, the way they leave season season one, you're like this, what you have to have a season two, but I yeah. guess if they don't do it, let's hope that they do petition find the graphic novel. I saw that she's publishing um, cause oh, I can't give it away, but she's publishing the next set this later this year like october oh. and it's supposed to be the continuation so if if sci-fi does decide to not you know do, do it what, do what netflix. anime fans do when they can't see the rest of the series their right, find John. the manga right. <laughs> find the graphic novel and read do it themse- and then do it themselves <laughs> yes to find out what happens i have done that many a time netflix like, if I you're listening know. I would be about that. If you want to pick that show up, too. Uh, Not that we're promoting Netflix, y'all. No, but that's what we have. That's what we have. (laughs) It makes sense that we want to watch it. Something that we have. Of course. All right, y'all. So how many fuzzy froze would you give a vagrant queen? I thought about this. I've been thinking about this. I haven't thought about it. I'm just going to go with it. I would probably give it three. That's that's respectable. Right, because... I think it had it for me. It started off pretty slow, mm-hmm. and then it kind of fell into its own groove. And now I'm, it's made me interested to see what mm-hmm. would happen later, what would come next. So that's why I would give it three. I definitely kind of, I think I honestly would give it three as well because that's exactly the head kind of the train of thought. It was like there are times where I'm like, kind of, oh, kind of, don't know what's going on, and I was working. Sometimes during episodes because I had to, but I still got into it and I and I like the little cheesy jokes. And then my top two favorite episodes is the Cannibal and Episode Eight. And oh no, Episode the Cannibal Episode Episode Seven and Episode Eight because yes. Episode Seven is the Sunshine, Sunshine Express Sunshine. <laughs> are my favorite episodes. Love the Sunshine Express. Yeah, so uh, check it out. Let us know. Either by DMing us, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And I think what are we doing later this month in the month of September? We are, since we're doing this huge change, the next thing that we're going to spotlight is the story Mexican Gothic by author Silvia Moreno-Garcia. Just random shit I'd be finding on the internet, y'all. I've started reading this book, so you should probably hop in there if you want to be able to enjoy what we're going to be talking about once we get to that all right y'all we're going to put the crayons back into the box until next time you can find us at apple podcast google podcast spotify breaker overcast Cast, and radio public don't forget to like our podcast Y'all are